So without further ado, hello and welcome to the latest in the Balderson Capital podcast series. I'm Ben Goldsmith and I'm very lucky to be joined by Luke Lang co-founder of Crowdcube here today. Hello, Luke. Hi, yeah, yeah. Pleased, pleased to be here, Ben. Oh, pleasure to have you on. Um, I thought, let's let's start at the start. A lot of our listeners, I know, are, are entrepreneurs and they're founding their own uh, business maybe for the first or second time. And often they're trying to do something that's already out there and do it better. Like they can build a solution for retail and fashion that's even better. Or they can build an automotive sales company that's even better. But when you guys were starting Crowdcube, it's not that you were building a better equity crowdfunding platform because that was quite a new idea. So how, how did the idea come about? How did you decide to take what I imagine to be quite a risk in setting up almost this this new thing? How did, how did it all come about? So I, I guess that, that all entrepreneurs that are listening to this, whether you're a first-time entrepreneur or you're a seasoned entrepreneur, will, will be acutely aware and empathise with the challenges and problems with raising finance, particularly for earlier stage businesses. Um, yeah, the seed finance round... Um, is incredibly difficult and, and that situation was amplified by the economic crash, the, the crash, the banking crisis in, in you 2000. You raising around that time. Well, right. we, we, we launched in, in 2011, but we, you know, Darren and I were both thinking about Crowdcube um, back as far as 2007, so right in amongst the, the, the economic downturn. And that, that kind of amplified the problem, that made, made the situation even more acute and, and difficult for entrepreneurs. So raising finance became challenging. Yeah, we felt as well that um, you know, angel investing was, was fundamentally inefficient and a broken way of, of, of raising finance. And we wanted to change that. We wanted to be able to, A, give entrepreneurs a new, a new route to finance, new way of unlocking um, a, additional capital, um, but also to, to give um, ordinary, everyday people the opportunity to back and support businesses that they really believed in. We, we firmly believed in the, in the notion of democratising investment, making it more accessible, making it affordable. Um, and by doing that, yeah, it meant digitising the process, putting it online, and also removing the barriers to entry of being an, an angel. So allowing people to invest from as little as £10. You know, happily, people invest a lot more than that. Not just rich folk. Yeah, not just, yeah. We, we were incredibly frustrated that angel investing was for you know, um, well-connected and wealthy individuals. And, and we felt that that elitism um, was, was fundamentally wrong and we wanted, we wanted to change that. And, and the stats are there. I mean, James, James Wise, a partner of Balderton that I know you guys work closely with, uh, has written a few pieces in the past and so have you, that the, the stats are there to support it. The diversity of investors on Crowdcube is far more spread across the board in terms of gender, in terms of uh, where they are in the country. Uh, is another point, not just uh, maybe clustered around London and South East, but spread across the UK a lot more yeah. than traditional investors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we break down all, to, all sorts of barriers, whether they're gender barriers, you know, pre-Crowdcube, you know, angel investors, the U UK Business Angel Association was you know, stated as saying there you know, around 3% of British angels were female. I think, wow. that, I think that that was probably quite a, a ballsy estimate. You know, on Crowdcube, it's it's twenty five percent. You know, there's a, a much a much younger demographic. You know, the average age on Crowdcube of an investor is is kind of late late thirties. Um, and like you say, there's a much broader and greater depth um, and, and diversity among among the crowd. Um, and I, yeah, I think yeah, let's not remember these people are are um, 
are wealthy individuals and they're well educated but they're not necessarily your typical angel investor that's 55 grey hair exited a business is kicking around looking for a non-exact position you know these are these much younger they're professional individuals they're typically earning you know 70,000 plus they're working in the city of London they've got you know their profession is normally in finance or business in some capacity so they've got an appreciation and understanding of business um and they you know and they're very attracted to the notion of of investing in in you know the the you know, British companies and the next big big thing so let's rewind a little bit because we know what you've achieved. You've got that diversity of investors. Also, needs not be stated the awesome companies that have raised on CrowdQ, which yeah. we'll get onto in a minute. But how did the idea come about right at the nucleus when uh, you you and Darren are sitting around having a beer and thinking, should we do this thing? Was it watching the almost reward-based crowdfunding platforms in the US have lots of success and traction? Or no, so the, the idea... So Darren came up with the idea completely independently of... of kind of the notion of right. crowdfunding so you know his idea you know having having experienced firsthand um the, and been at the mercy of angel investors and um and felt that the balance of power was shifted too far in their favor and and then kind of um um you know the 11th hour threatening to to walk away or the valuation needs to drop by 30 percent you know having gone through that f- firsthand felt that that needed to, to to change and also you know likewise yeah, you know, Darren, you know, myself, yeah, we're entrepreneurial people. Yeah, you know, we would lo- would have loved the opportunity to back and invest in British businesses, but it was it was just shut off. It was elitist, um, so we wanted to change that as well. And when we started researching into it, then we started stumbling across the likes of Kiva, which is a um, a loan-based platform for, for third-world entrepreneurs and projects that was having great success at the time, continues to have good success. Good success. And obviously, you know, um, Indiegogo and Kickstarter yeah. were really starting to get going. And, you know, 2010, 2011 was when you started to have really big raises on there. You, you remember the Pebble Watch and things like that. And that was all reward-based, wasn't it? That was all reward-based, yeah. So so that, that gave us the, the courage and our convictions that the, the principles behind what we were trying to do um, were, were sound. And we wanted to take it to the next level. We wanted to have the, you know, the next generation of crowdfunding platforms where you're not just getting a, a, an early download or a T-shirt in return for your donation, which is effectively what it is, but you're actually getting a real stake and a real, you know, a real ownership of the company. Um, and you'll benefit from the longer term upside of the of the business going on and being a great success. Was it difficult in the early stages to get companies to list on Crowdcube? Yes. And I ask that because now there is I would uh, you you filter them you have to do a, a kind of a due diligence process I, I understand yeah uh, so the table tables turn there but in the early days it was tricky it, it was very difficult you know the the notion that you would um, an entrepreneur would would put their business plan online for all of their competitors to see uh, anyone else okay. to to download and have a look at you know we we've always from day one insisted upon um, your businesses having financial projections so you're having to lay all of that out there you know, dis, you know not to disclose your IP but talk about your 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 proposition and what makes you unique so that was yeah that was a that was a challenge certainly and equally yeah the notion that people are going to invest in businesses that yeah they've potentially never heard of before and might not necessarily get the chance to meet the entrepreneur in person and invest through a, a platform like Crowdcube. Was there both, a, both challenges. a eureka moment where you worked out the magic formula to get companies to 
uh, list on Crown Cube, or was it just after time? I don't, I don't think there was ever a, a eureka moment. It's a process of constant iteration and refining and refining the model and what works and what doesn't work and, and just you know, keep evolving what we do and making sure that our knowledge is imparted onto the next generation of, of entrepreneurs that are coming through that gives them a better chance of success. You know, back in the early days, we were you know, we were funding roughly 10 or 15% of the businesses that listed on the site. You know, this, this year so far, that, that success rate is more like... 60, 65%. So we've got a lot better, you know, um, entrepreneurs themselves are a lot more educated and well-prepared um, and it's delivering, you know, you know, greater levels of success. But I'd also say, you know, the, you know, our vetting process, you know, we turn down 90% of the businesses that apply to us. There's a real heavy vetting process. You know, there's around a third of the 80 or so members of the Crowdcube team work in due diligence and compliance, whether they're looking at financial statements or you know the legal you know st structure of the the business yeah, almost as a business you, you you beat a one in ten chance to even list on crowdcube yeah absolutely which yeah. Is, shows the amount of due diligence that goes uh, in and once we've done all of our due diligence and we've scrutinized the business then we you know, we open it up to the crowd and then the crowd have their due diligence and they scrutinize the business as well and it's it's interesting we've had um, the London School of Economics approached us two years ago to do some research. You know, it's a new area of, of, of research. So they were very excited to be working with the world's most um, foremost um, equity crowdfunding platform to try and understand investor behaviours, investor motives, and how you know, and how that, well, that, that manifests in, itself. Investor behaviours, I can understand that completely, that you're almost uh, un unleashing a, a new set of data to people like the LSE, but also a trend talking about before that we've seen more recently is um, VCs uh, not topping up and almost starting rounds on Crowdcube. So a company lists on Crowdcube and already has... 50% or such of their financing done by yeah. VC. Uh, didn't see that at the beginning. That's a relatively new trend, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I guess it's a trend that was trailblazed by Boulderton and Crowdcube. When, you know, <laughs> when Boulderton invested in us, 3.8 million. And then we we um, raised a further 1.2 million from the crowd as well. So that, that precedent was kind of set by Boulderton and, and Crowdcube. Um, and it's a like to be it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's a it's a it's a trend that, um, um, that that's been followed by countless other businesses, and it's you know certainly in 2015, you know, there were 20 businesses businesses that raised over a million pounds. Five businesses raised between three and four million pounds. This is proper Series A, Series B in some cases, funding rounds. Yeah. And many of them are, are led by venture capital firms. They've either been backed in the past or the, the crowd is investing alongside the, the venture capital firm um, uh, during this round. You know, Mondo was a great example of that, funded. Got to um, talk about Mondo. What yeah. was it, 90? 96 seconds. 96. They raised one million pounds. Um, wow. and the investment amount was capped at 1,000, so the maximum you could invest was 1,000. So we were taking you know, around about £10,000 per second into Mondo. And um, that's, that's a world record, right? It has to be. That's a world record, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And I think that shows the, the appetite. You know, I think it shows the, the level and the, the quality of businesses that are coming, coming through and are using crowdfunding as a way of raising, 
raising finance, you know, and I think, you know, Just Park raising with Index Ventures, investing in them back yeah. in uh, about 12 months ago now. And that was followed by, you know, a, a stream of businesses, whether it was Adzuna with, you know, Doug Munro's, you know, ex-Zoopla and Gumtree. You've got a Sugru, which is phenomenal um, DIY moldable glue, glue that's, you know, they raised three, three and a half million. You've got PaveGen, so it's kind of um, floor tiles that generate um, electricity through kinetic kinetic energy. So some really exciting, fun businesses, but you know, it's, you know, serious businesses that are backed by serious um, um, VCs uh, and great entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that have been there, done it, and exited businesses in the past. And I suppose the benefit to the crowd is that if they see that a VCs already gone in on 50% of the, the round or something, they get some reassurance that someone's kicked the tyres, etc. Absolutely, yeah. Professional. They, they get to benefit from the due diligence that um, the venture capital firms are doing. And, you know, you know the, the, uh, they, those businesses will have a partner on the board and will be guiding and nurturing that business with ongoing ongoing success. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a, a win-win in that situation. It's a win-win for, for the VCs as well. So yeah. I suppose if it raises money real quick from Crowdcube, you know that there's a, a market who are very yeah. dedicated to that business. And I think it's, it's often it's often um, missed that you know, when we set out with Crowdcube, we were looking to disrupt and democratise angel investing. Um, and what's actually happened in the last um, 12 to 18 months is we've actually democratised um, VC investment and <laughs> and um, um, not only allowed you know if you if you look at Mondo or Just Park as two examples, even the most well connected of angels would not have got into one of those rounds. You know they're they're closed rounds on VCs. So so we're actually giving angels the opportunity to back um, Series A and Series B rounds. And it's interesting that the. If we look at the amount of money that's invested through our site, around 55 to 60% of it comes from high net worth or sophisticated investors. And that's your, that's your typical definition of an, of an angel. Um, so there's always this misperception of the crowd um, that it's you know, lots of people putting in £10. But it, it, it's not. It's absolutely not that. You know, that you, you know, these are highly sophisticated, educated people. Let's talk about that misconception because it comes up. They seem... Those who hold the misconceptions seem to be in the minority when you when you look mm. at the media, etc. But once or twice a year, there'll be a piece that basically uh, shares the theory once again that equity crowdfunding isn't it just taking people's money who aren't educated enough to yeah. to put their you know to invest in companies yeah. and the companies are just uh, taking their money and, and running. Yeah, I mean your chance to respond. Well, I, th I think that's absolutely not the, the case. You know, I think people uh, uh, fully understand the risk. You know, to invest on Crowdcube, you've got to complete a risk assessment that makes sure that you under understand the high-risk, long-term nature of the and, risk. And that is part of the process, right? Yeah, so absolutely. I've, yeah. I've done some Crowdcubing in my time, yeah. and you you are left under no illusions that you shouldn't be silly with your Absolutely, money. yeah. We, we make no bones about it. We're fully transparent with those risks, and, and we, we, we absolutely should be. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I was talking about the LSE research. You know, this is um, empirical research that they've done. They've they've looked at our platform over the last two years. They've interviewed 
our investors, they've crunched our, our data on 100,000, 150,000 investors. And their findings were, were, were really interesting. You know, they looked at how people were investing, their behaviours, their motives, um, and found that people were investing in a rational, stable and predictable manner. You know, there isn't this herd effect, this mentality of people just blindly following other investment. That, that doesn't exist. You know, these people are investing in a smart and sophisticated manner. And that's contrary to a lot of people's perceptions and beliefs and it's you know it's, I always find it incredibly frustrating and, and insulting to the crowd actually you know the crowd is people like you and I it's like Tim Bunting other partners are investors through our platform you know some real smart savvy savvy people you know, of course there are people that are on there that are investing 10 pounds for very very different reasons you know because they are they they know and they love a particular brand and they want to show that, they that are level still of under support. no illusions as to but they they un, so they under they absolutely understand the, the risk James yeah. makes James Wise as I mentioned before the partner works really closely with you guys you wouldn't stop people buying houses because they're not clever enough to buy houses. Yeah. The same with, you know, any kind of financial product. Absolutely. Yeah. Why on earth should it be different for and, and I think what we're what we're doing as a company is 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 trying to educate, you know, continuously educate people. You know, even the smartest people, even you know, you know the likes of um, of, of James James White. <laughs> cut, cut that bit out so he doesn't so he doesn't hear that. Um, you know, continually educating themselves on investment and investment strategies. So you know, that's something that we're certainly looking to do more of in terms of you know, showcasing. You Even know, last blog, night you hosted know, an evening here, right? Yeah, absolutely. All about bringing your investment community all together, introducing to the entrepreneurs and to yeah, your team. So that's absolutely. a big education piece. Yeah, absolutely. You do that what once every couple. What, of months? Yeah, once a month or every two months once or so. Month. Yeah. Um, and so, it seems to be going pretty well at the moment. Mondo doing great stuff, loads of other companies raising too. What's next for Crowdcube? Because one thing that fascinated me the last time you raised money uh, was the involvement of Numis, yeah. the big investment bank. And was that uh, because you're going to focus on doing even later stage rounds in the future? Yeah, so I, th- I think if the future for us is, you know, is, is building on the success that we've we've had last year, you know, we we raised money for 167 businesses in 2015. You know, collectively they raised around um, 80 to 90 million pounds between them. There was 120 wow. million invested through through our our platform in 20, 2015. Our, our investor numbers grew dramatically to, and, and it stands at you know, 270 odd thousand at the moment. So you. Know, and, and we, and as we spoke about earlier, we saw a real trend towards much larger deal sizes. You know, the multi-million-pound deals. So, so that's certainly on our agenda is to move into, you know, continue to build our reputation as a as a as a source of finance for for Series A rounds. You know, I think we've got a really good reputation of working with all of the quality venture capital firms here in the UK, and we want to continue to do that and give our investors the best. Um, um, deal flow that they possibly can have, and, and some some great investment opportunities you know, and great we're, businesses. We're very pleased to be working with you guys. Absolutely, yeah. But like like you say, kind of the the new misconnection. Yeah, that was a strategic investment. They're a strategic long term partner of ours now, um, and we certainly see Crowdcube as as satisfying and solving that funding continuum right from from seed investment, yeah, real early early stage financing, right the way through to to IPOs. To do that right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. I mean, it it would have been very easy for us to get seduced by the bigger raises and the and the glamour and the glitz of raising millions of pounds um, and having um, you know stellar entrepreneurial teams. Um, 
as a business, when when we were when we were enjoying all of that success last year, our reaction to that was to redouble our focus as well on the seed stage businesses. Yeah, we we yeah, that's part of the reason why Crowdcube was set up, or is the reason why Crowdcube was was founded. And we yeah, we didn't want to deviate too far from that. And we we, yeah, we still firmly believe and want to help those still businesses am, raise that. Still that, ambitious that to grow as well. Yeah, absolutely. But we want to do it at all ends of the market, whether you're you know, start startup businesses raising seed finance or your um, ultimately your Lloyd's TSB doing a doing an IPA, maybe. That now that's ambition. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat. My pleasure. And best of luck with everything. Thank you very much.